This is Undisciplined, and I'm Reagan Edelman. Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, is one of the first sources that Google provides for many different searches. From notable figures to new technology, historical events to horror films, Wikipedia is the initial place that countless people look to get quick information. Despite the extensive numbers of articles Wikipedia provides, there's a large gap in gender when it comes to notable figures. Articles about notable women are far more likely to be flagged for deletion, regardless of accomplishment, and despite many editors' best efforts. Today we're going to dive into gender inequality as seen on Wikipedia with Dr. Francesca Tripodi, a senior researcher at the Center for Information Technology and Public Life at UNC Chapel Hill. Francesca, it's wonderful to have you. Thank you for having me. Before we get into any details, I want to open up with the story you opened your article with, which was regarding Donna Strickland. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So Donna Strickland is a very interesting example of how notability plays out in seven different iterations. So she became widely notable when she won the Nobel Prize in Physics. And when she won the Nobel Prize in Physics, many people went to go try and find her on Wikipedia, and they found that she did not actually have a Wikipedia page. And everyone was horrified. They couldn't believe that this Nobel Prize winner did not have a Wikipedia page. But because Wikipedia, everything is archived, you can see that it's actually even a little worse than people thought it was. So not only did she not have a Wikipedia page, but it turns out that many years before winning the Nobel Prize, she did have a Wikipedia page, but it was nominated for deletion and erased from the site. Now, the reasons behind why it's been nominated for deletion is a point of contention amongst many editors. So there's a Wikimedia article. So Wikimedia is that who hosts Wikipedia. Wikimedia has demonstrated how this was linked to Donna Strickland's perceived notability. Others have contended her article was quickly deleted because of copyright issues. But the larger issue was instead of fixing the article of this future Nobel Prize winner, right, she is the physicist who invented the technology that's used by all high-power lasers in the world. So rather than fixing this page in an effort to make sure that someone as notable as she would have a Wikipedia page, the default was to delete this person because she was perceived as, well, this page is not great quality and also this person is not necessarily notable enough to have an article about them. Did she play a role in what actually inspired you to start researching this issue or was she just kind of something that you stumbled upon along the way? Oh, I wish. No, unfortunately, I mean, so actually I was studying articles for deletion two years before she was nominated for the Nobel Prize and they didn't have a Wikipedia page about her. But I was going to edit a thons um, two years prior to that. And it was through these ethnographic observations that I was seeing notable women being flagged for deletion or notable women missing on the site altogether. And then two years into my research project, there was all this news coverage about Donna Strickland not having a Wikipedia page. And all of these people that knew the research that I was doing reached out to me and they said, have you seen this? And I said, well, yes, I have. And what I think is really fascinating from analyzing the AFD metadata is what I call the Donna Strickland effect. So there were two months in which I could not reject 
my null hypothesis, in which case the proportion of miscategorized biographies was equal between men and women. And this was in October 2018 and November of 2018. And those two months were the exact same two months that Donna Strickland won the Nobel Prize. And then all of that subsequent media coverage surrounding perceived notability was in the media. And so I think it really does demonstrate that connection between covering women in the news and detailing this role Wikipedia plays in ensuring the longevity of notable women and how that plays out into this nomination process. So it is possible that men and women can be assessed equitably. But it seems like these very temporary shifts are connected to um, international news coverage. So that's what I talk about in my paper, how this Donna Strickland effect was, one, not statistically significant, and it was also short-lived because notable women were once again most more likely to be miscategorized for the following six months after that. I think with the news coverage, I think the effect of Dr. Strickland not having a Wikipedia page just allowed for that reflective pause. Can you give me a quick rundown of AFD or Articles for Deletion before we continue? Definitely. So Articles for Deletion, I would say on any given day, upwards of 100 articles are nominated for deletion. Now, not all of these are about biographies, just to be clear. And the culture of deletion is a really complicated one. So in some ways, deletion is a really important part of Wikipedia because it is so widely used that people regularly try to vandalize Wikipedia or they try to put up pages about themselves as promotional material. So an example I give would be like if I was starting a donut shop and say I started a biography about me and claimed I was the world's best donut creator. This can trick search engines because they are so reliant on Wikipedia data. And so deletion does have a place within Wikipedia if it is about combating vandalism or trying to maintain the integrity of the site, making sure that it's an encyclopedia and not just an advertising platform. Unfortunately, the criteria for whether or not something should be included in Wikipedia is not as objective as people would want them to think it is. So are there are these criteria for inclusion, and they center around this notion of perceived notability. Now, notability is established when outlets independent of the subject write about the subject. So that's how someone is able to garner enough notability to become, have their own article on Wikipedia. So articles for deletion is just this process where people, volunteers, again, Wikipedia is entirely run by volunteers, but volunteers are going through Wikipedia and trying to determine, does this meet Wikipedia's criteria for inclusion? And so if they believe it doesn't, they can nominate the article for deletion. After an article is nominated for deletion, a copy of it goes into the AFD database or the Articles for Deletion database. And this is entirely open access. You can find it online and see what's being nominated on any given day. And after an article is nominated for deletion, Wikipedians will debate the merits of the article. And they'll say, yes, I think this article should be kept, or no, I don't think this article should be kept. We think this should be deleted or merged with an existing article. And then an administrator of Wikipedia who is not participating in the discussion 
determines what the ultimate decision rendered is what it's called, what the decision rendered will be. And in simplified terms, it's either the article is kept, the article is deleted, or the article is merged with another page. Will you tell me a little bit about the research methods that you used for the project? Right. So my data set can't really speak to the extent to which people are modifying or improving articles versus deleting them. But this is actually a two-step process. So if I can give a second to just give a shout out to some of the amazing organizations that are trying to improve gender equity on the site. So there are a lot of incredible groups like Women in Red or um, Art Plus Feminism that understand that really incredible, notable women are currently absent on Wikipedia. And so they partner with the Smithsonian or they partner with local libraries and they do a lot of that heavy lifting, gathering those sources that you need in order to establish notability and really do a lot of work to, in the words of Women in Red, turn red links, which means these are persons that don't have a Wikipedia page, into blue. So they are actively trying to improve the representation of women on a daily basis. And what I was seeing was that notable women who were being added as part of these edit-a-thons were being nominated for deletion after the fact. And I was hearing in my interviews with editors who were devoting substantial amount of volunteer time to trying to improve gender equality on the site, I was hearing from my interviews a lot of frustration that they were having to double back on their work And uh, in the words of one of my respondents that I draw on in my article, it was like it was twice as hard to get women to stick because you had to find all of these articles to establish notability. And a lot of really great research has shown that that's harder for women. But then not only are these notable subjects, they had to go back in and say, no, these are notable enough and improve the article even more or really fight for the article. That was a common thing that people were telling me. You had to fight for these articles to persist. And so based on my ethnographic observations, I started wondering, is this notability bias also happening for men? Is this something that's really exclusive to women? And so I partnered with a really talented data scientist at the UVA Scholars Lab. His name is Eric Rochester. And because of his work, we were able to scrape all the articles nominated for deletion, all biographies nominated for deletion from 2017 through 2020. And then using descriptive statistics, I was able to determine if the proportion of articles about women was the same as the proportion of articles for men to be nominated for deletion, as well as if notable subjects were more considered non-notable. One thing that I thought was super fascinating was the different approach that many editors took. Can you tell me a little bit about the different styles, which were the inclusionists and the deletionists, I believe? Inclusionists favor this long tail approach to Wikipedia because the internet is really limitless, right? When you think about the space constraints of the internet, and since Wikipedia is on the internet, it really provides this really limitless space for inclusion. And so inclusionists favor Well, if we think it's somewhat notable or it's generally meeting our notability standards, we should be in favor of having the article up there. Deletionists believe that articles that cover obscure content or do not receive significant attention weaken the encyclopedic nature of the site. So deletionists 
are really focusing on issues of importance or notability and whether or not something has proved or someone has proved themselves important or notable enough to have a Wikipedia page. And in research looking at AFD, they find that no indication of importance is the most frequently used rationale for deleting an article. It's basically like the tension between inclusionists and deletionists is centered around an idea of what Wikipedia is and should be. So regardless of inclusionists or deletionists, these editors are so important because they're actually the backbone of Wikipedia. Definitely. The fact that this largely volunteer network of editors has been going on for 10 plus years at this point, almost 20 years, it's incredible. I mean, these are It's amazing. It is amazing. There are thousands of volunteers all over the world working to improve knowledge for free. And honestly, even with the flaws and oversight, it's created this platform where information and so much of it is just at the tip of your fingers, which is so amazing. I can't count the number of times I've searched something on Wikipedia the past month. But I guess without a sort of head editor or a team of people working to make sure that the contact is correct and fair, that kind of thing, what ends up happening? This is a great question. There are these pillars and there are norms in which people are expected to participate in a way that is kind, right? There is this idea of assuming good faith. So rather than think that women are being nominated as targeted, we want to assume that most editors are not targeting, right? That they are in good faith nominating people because they don't meet the notability criteria that have been created by and with the community. So the notability criteria is not just something pulled out of thin air. These are standards of inclusion that the community has agreed upon. Unfortunately, this idea of notability is not as objective as community members would like to think it is. And because there is no organizational oversight, it makes any kind of rules or regulations or reprimands kind of null and void. If we were finding out that there were a few users targeting women's pages, they would be able to ban those users. I mean, that's something that could happen. I don't think this is as small as just a handful of a few people. I think this is indicative of the larger way women are seen in society as simply less notable subjects. So there's a much larger problem at hand, and because it's attached to societal norms, how do we even begin to go about fixing it? So one thing that we could potentially do, right, if we were going to think about um, how we could change things, I would say we could change things on three levels. So on Wikipedia, that culture of deletionism really has to change. I mean, yes, it's important to combat vandalism, but if an article is underdeveloped or poorly written or about a subject that seems to meet notability criteria, editors could favor this improving of an article rather than dragging it into articles for deletion. So something that we could do is perhaps create articles for improvement where we could flag articles that need improvement but are clearly about subjects that meet this somewhat notability criteria. And there we could really 
encourage editors to improve these pages rather than default to deletion. Something else that we could change is taking it off of Wikipedia. So in news and publication cycles, cover women, since notability on Wikipedia is established when sources independent of the subject refer to them. We need more work creating books and news stories or showcasing the art and talents of remarkable women because it's harder for them to stick if they aren't covered in news cycles. And then on a social level, we could change by just recognizing women as valuable contributors to society. So something I think is really important is that my study replicates experiments around gender inequality that were conducted by sociologists in the 70s and the 80s. And what their work and mine finds is that women are just routinely seen as less valuable or less worthy subjects. So now we have, this is close to 50 years later, we're still facing these same challenges. So I think what could change is thinking about it from a three-part approach on Wikipedia, in the news, and socially. It's very easy to blame the technology. It's very easy to be like, shame on you, Wikipedia, instead of seeing the broader social structure that Wikipedia exists in. So I would say if we were going to make some really real changes, it would be, one, um, you know, encourage news cycles and authors and you know, credit women scientists, showcase their talents, showcase the contributions that they've made. I think on a social level, hiring more women, um, paying them equal pay, uh, recognizing them as as notable subjects on a workspace um, is really important to allowing them to become notable subjects. And then, like I said, on Wikipedia, I would encourage more people to edit Wikipedia. But when they edit it, I think it's important to also remember that adding an article is only one step in this process. I think a lot of people are like, oh, only 19% of articles about women. I want to go on there and add an article. And I would say before you get excited and do that, one, realize there's a culture of editing and figure out how to create an article. So go to an edit-a-thon. Edit-a-thons are happening all the time, and there's a lot of really great ways that you can get involved in editing Wikipedia. But also flag those pages you create and make sure that they aren't flagged for deletion after they're created. Because I think a lot of new editors don't necessarily understand that the content they create won't stick and it might get deleted after they create it. One way that editors work to improve pages is by hosting these edit-a-thons. Can you tell me a little bit about your involvement in the edit-a-thons and what they're like in general? So I came across editing Wikipedia as part of my dissertation, and I was really interested in how technology and society collide. So I study a lot of what I refer to as socio-technical vulnerabilities. So how are platforms used in ways unintended by programmers? And I think Wikipedia is one of those great places where the intention and then how it's used might not necessarily align. But I started attending these edit-a-thons where they were started by a lot of great projects. So there's like Art Plus Feminism is one of them. Um, Wikipedia Loves Pride. That's one that does a lot of work improving LGBTQ articles. Um, Asian in STEM, there were, bio, you know, where they start adding um, biographies about 
Asian inventors and who are currently missing. Um, there's a lot of work surrounding improving uh, the visibility of uh, Black scientists. And so it, I just think it's important to recognize that I highlight gender inequality, but there are really axes of intersectional oppression happening, and, and we have to think about it broader. On the topic of editing, one of the reasons that not a lot of women want to take part in editing is because of safety concerns. Can you go into a little more depth about what some of those safety concerns may be? In my study, women talked to me about how they would work in what they called the quiet corners of Wikipedia. So they would choose subjects or persons that were likely to garner less attention and less visibility and keep them out of what they described as more toxic spaces. I think it's indicative of how women feel in a lot of organizational settings. So I think it's important to remember that Wikipedia is an organization just like anything else. It's a community just like anywhere else. And that a lot of women avoid contentious spaces in their workplace environments because they just don't feel comfortable talking out loud or questioning authority because they're afraid of the blowback that might happen. So we've talked a little bit about potential ways of bettering Wikipedia, but what I want to hear about is these organizations like Women in Red who have already been in the process of working on a solution. So Women in Red is a group of editors committed to improving systemic bias on Wikipedia and closing the gender gap. The gender gap. And their name is my favorite part of their group. So their name derives from the practice of turning red links so red links are pages that don't yet exist on Wikipedia into blue links, so active pages. And they were started in 2015. And since starting in 2015, they have steadily increased the percentage of women's biographies from about 15% when they started to close to 19%. It is a huge amount of progress. And so I think, you know, organizations like Women in Red, groups like Women in Red, and this is just a very vibrant group of volunteers. Many of them are women, um, but many of them are also not women. And what I think is really cool about Women in Red is they organize edit-a-thons virtually, and they, they have these really cool internal goals. So someone might say, I'm going to create 100 pages in 100 days. And each day, an editor is devoting time to create a brand new page about a woman who does not yet exist. So I think organizations like Women in Red really give me and should give others hope for the future of Wikipedia, but also, like I said, thinking about it from that intersectional level of society, news, Wikipedia, because this is a group of volunteers really actively getting involved in improving gender equality on the site. And they are such a welcoming group of editors, and they are so excited when new people want to edit Wikipedia. So for those who are interested, you can, you know, just Google Women in Red Wikipedia. You, my, um, in my article, I also link to their Wikipedia page, which you can learn about events that they're putting on and really connect to a group of super cool editors looking to improve the systematic bias of Wikipedia. That's amazing. And I love that. Um, just to close, I'm curious, has this research inspired any new projects for you? What's next? Definitely. So I'm actually working right now on a new research project with two extremely talented women who approached me because they were trying to add 
notable academics to Wikipedia, and they were facing these hurdles. And so one of them is a data scientist, and she wrote a a script that looks at um, all biographies about academics nominated for deletion. And then she also, using data matching um, from a couple other databases, we've been able to code for um, racial identity as well as gender. And we're also looking at the the threshold of keep, so not just whether or not an article was kept or not, but what their Google index says about them and whether or not that is equal. So are women, do women have to have higher notability to be kept than men, essentially? Um, and so we are, are finishing up that data set now and writing that paper now. And so hopefully that should be out pretty soon. It takes forever <laughs> for academic work to get published. Um, but we are definitely looking at the intersection of race and gender and how perceived notability is established by scraping uh, Google index. That's Francesca Tripodi, a senior researcher at the Center for Information Technology and Public Life at UNC Chapel Hill. Her latest study can be found published in the SAGE Journal. Francesca, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, this was fun. Undisciplined is a production of Utah Public Radio, and if you happen to live in Utah, you can listen to us every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. on UPR. If you miss us, then you can just listen to every episode of Undisciplined wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer is Naomi Ward, our associate producer is Mia Dora, and our theme music is Little Idea by Benjamin Tissot. I'm Reagan Edelman, and this is Undisciplined. Thanks for listening. Now go have big ideas.